You know, every New Year's, hundreds of millions of people set out to change. They dig their heels in and hope to stop those runaway issues or start new habits. They make resolutions to get thinner, to learn how to play the guitar, make more money, become more responsible, more family-oriented, kinder, gentler. They resolve to be good, to become better, to do their best. This age-old equation of you plus resolve, you plus willpower, you plus your energized effort equaling some type of transformation or some miraculous life, well, it's not the best math to live by. There is a far better arithmetic. The point of living the right life is not added effort first or good ideas to start out with. This way of thinking excludes God and defines you as the source. It excludes His grace and power. It subtracts His ideas, counsel, and wisdom. What if we had a spiritual math that added God? What if our resolutions started with revelation? What if our efforts started with surrender? God's power would be injected into your life. We've decided to take the first 40 days of each year and devote ourselves to God. This focus gives God a place in the equation. We want to spend this time with an extra emphasis upon praying, giving, and connecting with others. Receiving God's counsel into our lives. Let's rewrite our spiritual math and receive a better solution. So that's kind of where we're going to go today um, to walk this out together as a family, get launched into 2017 with great expectation. So do me a favor, take your notebooks, pass those down, take out your note cards, take just a moment, get signed in for us so that we have a record that you were here. We um, are constantly praying in agreement over those needs that are listed there. A number of people will get those prayer needs that you would uh, write in that. And as we kind of get rolling this morning, I just wanted to mention that we did have a few Christmas babies uh, that were born this year in the church, and one of them has like made his first appearance here at Destiny today. Joel brought his parents, the Trawicks are here, we actually have a picture that will pop up there, but congratulations to Clinton and Bailey on baby Joel who arrived, there he is. And then uh, you might know Dewey and Sasha Bean. Dewey has been a part of our kids' ministry in times past, professional illusionist guy, and uh, they had a little baby girl. So uh, it's been quite a Christmas. We've added two people to our church family number over Christmas break. It's been great. So um, today, I, I wanted you to think with me about this, and you just saw a clip. You know, sometimes... Sometimes we need to see it visually, sometimes we need to read it, sometimes we need to hear it, sometimes we need all three. And so we're trying to bring a focus of what uh, I believe to be one of the greatest priorities that God's called us to as a church family in terms of making disciples and helping equip and empower people, not just to be inspired, but to actually be empowered to find your way. Uh, There are some things And if you'll just catch this today, there are some things that you can be preached into. And there are some things that only you can pray yourself into. There are some things you have to take personal responsibility for to go there in your relationship with the Lord. And I am like, I'm I'm driving your direction today, each and every one of you, all of us together. I want to come right into your corner and I want to 
issue a challenge right into your ear that will be translated into your brain deep within your heart that this be a year that we take greater personal responsibility for our faith and for the faith of those around us than we have ever taken before. Are you ready to receive that challenge today? Because like it's not just something you can walk out and say, well, that was, you know, that was inspiring. Like you're going to have tools and you're going to have homework. So I'm going to equip you with tools and I'm going to ask you for action And I want to empower and release you then to go, and let's just believe God for 2017 to be phenomenal. So why don't you take your right hand and just put it right over your heart. And Lord, we invite you to speak to us what you desire to say. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to get out of the way. Anything, Lord, that you desire to speak, anything, Lord, that you long to reveal, The desires of God are so driving to draw us into a place of truly understanding what sonship, what it is to be sons and daughters of God Almighty. Awaken us, Lord, that we might experience your presence and your power, and we would cause our lives and our world around us to flourish in amazing ways as a result of your kingdom coming into the earth In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And the promises belong to us through our yes and amen. So if you receive that today, say amen. So when I declare something today in agreement for this year, will you help me release it over the year? When I say God has taken us deeper, can you shout amen and walk the dog bishop and all the things you need to say just to say, I take that into my own life. I release that over our family. I'm looking for partnership today. Will you help me release something into the atmosphere, not just in the atmosphere we hear here, but the spiritual climate and atmosphere of our church family and of the body of Christ? Will you help me with that today? Amen. Let's go there together. So I, I believe the Lord really wants to establish and, and open us up to understand new rhythm in a new year creates a new normal that produces a new you. You get all that? God wants to introduce us because like, we don't just hope for a better year. You do realize you're going to come November and the year's going to be nearly over. And at that point, you're going to have, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be having to look and, and see, have I done what the Lord's asked me to do in the course of this year? And so we want to figure out a little bit of what that looks like. Nobody can really tell you the fullness of that. You've got to hear that by the Holy Spirit. So I want to help you get into a, a more engaging relationship with the Holy Spirit over the course of 2017. You need to be hearing what God wants to say to you in your private place alone. And you, you're going to get that as you begin to develop new rhythm going into this new year that will develop a new normal that will produce a new you. How many of you know there can be a new normal for your life? Like that which isn't normal suddenly can become the new normal and you become more of what God has in mind for you to be. So here's the thing I just want to convince you of and challenge you to today. You have to understand like you're here on purpose not just here in this room, but you're here, you're breathing, you're existing in the time that God has, has put you on the planet. He purposed your existence. How many of you believe that today? 
So God has purposed our existence in this season of time with all that's going on in the world affairs. Uh, this, is, this is the time of history that you were purposed to live. And, and here's the thing you need to understand. God created and purposed you to be the kind of person. You are the kind of person. God purposed for you to be the kind of person that can be put into any situation, that can be put in any, in any relationship, that can be put into any organization, and you flourish and you cause the surroundings around you to flourish because that's what happens when the kingdom of God shows up in the earth. The world begins to flourish in amazing ways. God has called us to actually produce a flourishing in the earth. That, that's, I mean, like humans flourish when they experience and they encounter God. Throughout the Old Testament, we see wherever God's presence went, the blessing of God would abound. You and I are carriers of the presence. Can I get an amen from somebody who carries the presence of God today? We carry the presence of God. If we understand, looking at the Old Testament, that where the presence of God was, the world began to flourish, then we understand that you and I are carriers of the presence of God, then we have to put all this together to recognize wherever we go, the world around us should begin to flourish. Any relationship that you get into, there should be flourishing surrounding you. Not chaos and confusion, flourishing, stability, strength, life. Any organization that you're going to be a part of this year should begin to flourish around you. You carry the presence of God in everywhere you go. But you've got to cultivate an awareness of the presence of God. The presence of God is not stronger or weaker. Or The presence of God is absolute all the time. He is everywhere all the time. It's our awareness of His presence that's vitally important because when we engage in a greater awareness of the presence of God, somehow it releases an expectation and a faith to see God's kingdom expand in every situation around us. Rise up and be who God's called you to be, church. You are gifted. You are gifted. I want you to say, I am gifted. <laughs> like we wrestle with this. We compare our gifts to other people's gifts when they're called to do something completely different than we are. And then by comparison, we think that we aren't as gifted because we're looking at their assignment, which doesn't even bear resemblance to your, our, our assignment. So if somebody is a gifted swimmer, that doesn't mean that they are a gifted golfer. And if someone is a gifted runner, that doesn't mean that they are a gifted basketball player. And so you've got to know your assignment and stop comparing your gift to somebody else's gift that has an entirely different assignment. You're gifted. And there are spiritual deposits in your life that can be awakened if you will develop and cultivate the rhythms of the Spirit. I really believe God right now is giving me a level of entrance to make a deposit. I, I've, I've just been praying, God, let there be weight in my words. Let there be fire in my eyes. Let there be something of the Spirit today that's more than just our religious gathering first day of the year. Isn't it kind of a nice thing to do on the first day of the year? Come and do our token stuff for Jesus. Let it be more than that. Lord, let there be a download and a deposit in us that will literally sustain us to walk like we haven't walked as we go into this year. 
I'm going to share with you today, I know this will sound lofty and it's going to be hard for you to believe it, but I'm going to share with you today the single most transformational thing God has ever given me as a Christian and as a speaker and, and pastor. And, and I'm, not, I'm not gauging like this is the single most transformational thing because I think that necessarily as my opinion, but I'm gauging it because if there's one thing people have repeated back to me consistently over many years, more than, hands down, way more than anything else I've ever talked about, it's what I want to talk to you about today. This is, this is really important to me. And I believe it's something that it's on the first day of the year that we can embrace maybe from a, a new perspective, a better perspective than what we've ever known before. So recognize the idea is the New Year's revelation. It was the video you saw coming out of announcements. Hopefully you were catching that and capturing the essence of it. But it is a New Year's revelation. Would you say that with me? New Year's revelation. Not merely a New Year's resolution, which is what you you know, how many of you so far this year, you've not had one fatty, greasy, nasty meal? Can I just see your hand? So far. Congratulations. You're starting the year off really well. It's great. Now, maybe two hours from now, you won't be able to raise your hand. I don't know what your resolutions may be, but like, I've got some resolutions. How many of you have some resolutions this year? Personal commitments you've made, all right? Things that you're thinking about and you want to accomplish. And so that's very common and that's very great. You know, no one, no problem at all for you to do that. It's just that we've learned resolutions kind of deal with what I believe I need to work on in my life. And New Year's revelation is more of what God desires to work on in me. And so I want to challenge you to make your New Year's resolutions, but discover your New Year's revelation. And I think that's why people repeat this back to me so much, because every year the New Year reminds us of a new beginning. Every, new, every year the New Year b- reminds us of a fresh start. Every year, the new year speaks to us of what is it that I want to accomplish this year that maybe I didn't accomplish. We're, we're in this mindset of objectivity and, and projection and, and, and aiming for something and purposeful living. We suddenly start thinking in those terms, and, and it just makes sense that New Year's resolution sounds a lot like New Year's revelation, and we start thinking in those terms. And I think largely that's why people have really repeated this back to me. But I believe that there are some real basic spiritual rhythms as we enter in to this new year that will cultivate a new normal that can produce a new you. Do you believe that? Do you believe God can transform your life? Do you believe one year from now we can be joining together for the first service of 2018? and celebrate the most powerful, profound, amazing, accelerated, bondage-breaking, anointing, experiencing year of your entire life. Do you have that kind of faith? And as we gather like this, our faith is a lot like our muscles. And if you only like show up once a week and you're not exercising your faith any time other than when I'm up here saying, big days ahead, do you believe? You understand, your, your muscles, they wear out and fatigue quickly, and they're not really strong to press in. 
If, if all you're doing is, you know, your faith is a, a weekly gathering, but if you develop faith-building rhythms in your everyday life, you kind of show up to church and worship then no longer becomes I'm savoring the sound, do I like the music, but I'm discerning the sound of heaven, and I begin to make the sound of heaven. I begin to shout. I begin to clap. I begin to declare that God wants us to contribute something to the atmosphere of our city, and when the worship goes up, the crime rate goes down. And when the worship goes up, violence goes down. And when the worship goes up, the city begins to be transformed. Do you believe? Do you have faith? And we want to cultivate rhythms of the Spirit in our everyday life that produce strong men and women of God. And we don't show up here to get a shot in the arm. Hopefully we can make it till the next week we come back. But we show up here and we're boldly declaring that we've been walking in the Spirit all week long. And our worship is a celebration of what God did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday becomes our celebration of what God's been doing all week in our personal lives. We're carriers of the presence of God. Our world flourishes when we embrace and experience and express His presence in our everyday lives. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? This is one of the main reasons that I started seeking God for a New Year's revelation. I read this verse of Scripture personally, just reading as a Christian my Bible, like taking your Bible out when it's not church time. And I was reading, and I've read this verse, and I thought, wow, like God's directing my step, and I don't even know how I can understand my own way. How many of you know we need God's help? Like, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit every day. We, and, and by the way, to say we need the Holy Spirit is the identical expression of saying, we need air. How many of you need air? See, I mean, that's, that's really what happens is we start treating God like vitamins to supplement our lives, and He's not like vitamins. He's like oxygen, and without Him, you die. You think you're alive, but you're really not. And we need to experience Him on our everyday basis, our own everyday rhythms of the Spirit. I believe God wants to bring new rhythms in this new year, to cultivate a new normal that will produce a new you. I want to say that over and over today, because you need to hear it over and over. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what God is wanting to reveal. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How can anyone even begin to understand his own way? You didn't make yourself, so you cannot tell yourself why you were made. You can't decide what your purpose is going to be. Some people try so hard, they spend their whole life, I'm going to decide what my purpose is going to be. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Have you even asked God? Like we, we raise up young people in the generation and in the culture that you and I live, and the focus is how can you be successful? What do you want to succeed at? The question really isn't where do you want to be successful. The question is do you really want to understand your significance? Because if all you're doing is aiming at being successful, then you're really aiming at a shell of a life. And you might accomplish everything you desire to accomplish, but if you didn't take the time to consult the Holy Spirit, 
then you have no idea what he's purposed for your life to begin with. Some people in this room right now need to hear me say, you need to reorganize your life. Some of you built, built your life on your ambitions. Some of you built your life on your dreams. Some of you in this room, and it's not too late, by the way. Some of you in this room, you have established direction and order that has little to nothing to do with what God is really desiring to accomplish. And I believe it was as it was in the days of Joseph. God can take in five years and accomplish what he had purposed 50 years ago for you to be there. It is never too late for God. He is always able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what whatever we can ask or imagine. But you have to hear him. Your purpose isn't decided. It's your first blank if you write it in. Your purpose isn't decided. It can only be discovered. And we have to constantly revisit our need for God. There are these group of scientists and they came together And in their meeting, their conversation, they determined, we don't really need God. Because of medical science, we can perform healing miracles. Because of cloning, we can actually create life. We don't need God. So they rallied together, and they went to meet with God, and they chose one of the scientists to be a spokesperson. And he goes up and says, excuse me, God, but we are brilliant scientists here in the earth, and, and we wanted to just come and let you know that we don't need you anymore, so take a hike. We're on our own. We got this. And God very patiently listened to their full explanation and then very kindly responded, how about we have a competition? We'll have a man-making competition. And if, you don't have to beat me, but you just tie me. And if you tie me, then we'll call it good, and you guys go on. And, and, and I'll go be God somewhere else, and you don't need me. And the scientists turned around to the others and said, what do you think, guys? And they all said, cloning, yeah, we can do this. He said, okay, we'll take your, your challenge. And so God said, all right, let's go back to the origin of humanity, where it all started. And, and so he reached down, and God begins to, to pick up some dirt, and, and the, the scientists scurry into a circle, and they start grabbing dirt and kind of cultivating their beginning. of the, And God says, oh, whoa, wait, get your own dirt. I want to tell you something. We need God. We need God. We need Him way more than we realize. We get so arrogant and prideful, and we call it self-esteem. And we've lost humility in our society greatly. We've lost our humility. Nobody's going to violate me that I'm not going to respond or retaliate. Nobody's going to take anything from me. Well, the Bible somewhere says, like, if they take your coat, forbid them not to take your cloak also. How does that, I don't know that I have the answer to this, but how do we reconcile that very uncharacteristic revelation from Scripture that doesn't seem to fit into our cultural dynamic in which you and I embrace and live and express every single day? So I want to introduce to you what I believe to be a very powerful revelation for us this year. And again, God's going to have to help us walk this out. I want to challenge you first to find your personal, individual revelation. What is your New Year's revelation for the year? Pray about that. Write it down. When, like, whenever you don't know where to pray or read or have devotions, then what you can always do, because that's common, okay, what you can always do is come back to what you know God said to you for the year, and you start exploring that deeper. 
And what happens is you just start digging into it deeper and deeper. So you personally, each one individually, you need to find your own New Year's revelation. But I want to share with you the 2017 Congregational Family Revelation for us that we're going to come back to over and over. It's pretty simple. Love is our source. Love is our source. See, other people's attitudes doesn't have to define me. Other people, their opinion of you doesn't have to dictate who you are or how you respond. Because like when other people give you kindness, it's easy for you to give them kindness in return. Would you agree? But when other people are unkind to you, you have to give them what God gave you instead. Love is your source. It's almost like we, in, in, this, in this mode of we're loving people as long as people are kind and loving to us, we don't understand what it is. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Like, where is that in our lives? Where is that? I don't, I don't have the answer for this, and I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I might be the one who needs to work on this more than everybody in the room. Ever since we started talking about this in our family, in our home, <coughs> Faith and Lexi have taken full advantage of using my words against me, like any good pastor's daughter or daughter's would. I start to raise my tone at someone I'm fighting with on the road. <laughs> and I hear from the back seat, love is your source, Dad. <laughs> Tracy and I are having a... <laughs> Tracy and I are having a discussion <laughs> driving down the road. And... Um, I, I take off real fast to get around this car, and, and I, in this instance, I was not like doing it out of anger. I just knew it was going to take us a lot, and so I zip around, and, and at this point of discussion, Tracy and I are having, she responds. It's like a volley. How many of you had discussions before, and it's like a volley? The court ball goes to this court ball, and so the ball had gone back to Tracy's court, and then I took off, and, and, and from the back seat, one of our lovely daughters <laughs> says to me, because of my driving, love is your source. And she says it about like that. Love is your source. About the time Tracy has responded to the volley that's in her court. And so Tracy thinks she's now coaching her about love is her source. To which Tracy responds with a look that nobody on the planet is capable of giving more than a mom or a wife. How many of you know that look, what I'm talking about? And immediately, Faith, who was the daughter making the comment, said, I was not talking to you! <laughs> Just tell your neighbor, love is your source. I, uh, I know there was some conversation. Chrissy and Jeff Henderson were talking about this, and Chrissy's like, oh, great, how are we going to do this one? <laughs> love is your source. I'm just going to tell you, this one's going to rub you raw all year long. You're going to be at the cashier, and they're going to do something. The attitude's not just, just, not just right. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to be reminding you, love is your source. Love is your source. This year, God's bringing new revelation. In a new year, it will cultivate a new normal that will produce a new you.
We don't want you to hear sermons and be more religious. We want you to hear God and be more powerful. And when you're vulnerable before the Lord, you're powerful in the earth. And the goal isn't to be powerful. The goal is to be vulnerable. The result then becomes the power of God demonstrated in all of our lives. <clears throat> if anyone or anything can steal your joy. How many of you can immediately think of a time that you were absolutely smiley, happy, everything awesome, and then somebody said or did something and it robbed you of your joy and you became a very nasty person? How many of you just raise your hand, just point to somebody that you know that happened? You saw that? You saw it happen? There was a lady, she has moved away now, so I'll just openly tell you, she uh, and I had road rage. She attended our church. I didn't know it was her. She didn't know it was me, but we know each other well. She flipped me off. (laughs) Because I flipped her off. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) After she flipped me off, I realized it was her. I could not stop laughing. I thought, that is just awesome. (laughs) There can't be many pastors that could say, well, maybe there are. People who go to my church flip me off. I don't know, but <laughs> if anyone or anything can steal your joy, then you've given them or it too much power in your life. You're stronger than that. You're more Christ-like than that. God's introducing a new revelation in this new year that will cultivate a new normal that will produce a new you. Do you believe it? I believe it. A.W. Tozer said this, and I love this quote, when I understand everything, would everybody say everything? <laughs> like everything, even the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of them. He said, when I understand that everything happening to me is to make me more like Christ, it resolves a great deal of anxiety. Isn't that powerful? Like when I understand whatever's going on, good, bad, and whatever it may be, when I understand everything happening in my life is to be a tool in the hand of God to make me more like Christ, nobody and no thing has power to take my joy away anymore. Love is our source. Every one of us in this room needs to resolve that the number one reason we are here doing what we do is so that we can become more like Jesus and so we can help others become more like Jesus. I've been saying this to our leadership teams over the last few months in our our leadership uh, podcast that goes out. I've been focusing in on this. The number, I I want you to hear this because this is not very common. The pastors I'm talking with, they have a hard time getting this around, uh, you know, getting their head around this. I had one guy did a leadership session with his church and afterward he pulled me aside and and really began to, to have a good conversation with me, try to help me be enlightened and understand the error of what I had just talked to his leadership team about. We had quite a spirited conversation, I have to say, because this is what I said. 
the number one reason in any team, there's a team right back there in the back wall, and they're the tech team. They, these guys are a part of that, running cameras, and on the other side of that wall, they're in a production room, and they're, in, in the, they're back past that wall, there's a coffee team that, that works to keep us caffeinated for Jesus, and before that, there's a team that greets you at the door. Aren't you glad for greeters? I mean, I'm just so thankful for that team that's there, and I'm so thankful for a worship team, and I'm thankful for a prayer team, and I'm thankful for kids ministry teams and, and all the teams of people that work together so diligently to do what God's called us to do. But I, I, this is what I said. The number one reason for your team, no matter what part of this campus you are leading a team, the number one reason is not to get the job done. The number one reason must never be even to get the job done well. The number one reason we rally teams of people together needs to be that we become more like Christ and the people on that team become more like Christ. Now that's our number one objective. See, excellence is an expression that we understand, the excellencies of, Lord, of the Lord. So do we want to get the job done and do we want to get the job done well? Absolutely, but it's not number one. And when we understand that, then we start to look at our mistakes a little differently. Mistakes become opportunities to have conversations, to break off the rough edges, to make us all more like Christ. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? Everybody wants to be a diamond. Not everybody wants to go through the pain, the pressure, and the heat it takes to get there. Love is our source. Love is our source. Philippians 3.10 communicates this beautifully in the Amplified. It says, For my determined purpose. You have a determined purpose. How many of you know you have a determined purpose? My determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That is stellar. Would you say it with me? Let's say this verse together, and let's say it like with, with a, a, a heart that's embracing this as our determined purpose. Say it. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Just, just close your eyes. Lord, our determined purpose is that we may know you. Our determined purpose, first and foremost, is that we may know you, Jesus. You told your disciples, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Come, know me. Come, be intimate and acquainted with me on intimate terms, and then we will go fulfill the commission. Our determined purpose, help us to get it today. Help us to understand it today. Our determined purpose is that we may know you, that we may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen. It's very difficult for palm trees to grow in Oklahoma. And the reason is because there's a certain climate in our culture that does not sustain the growth of palm trees. Think about this. It's very difficult for love to grow in a climate and a culture that's stressed out all the time. Does anybody, any of your lives feel like this? Just a quick 60-second clip of rush hour craziness.
Christmas shopping over the past few weeks, doesn't that? <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't even know what that, I saw it online, I was just like, are you kidding me? They had to be, you know, digitally enhanced or something. But that very much speaks of how we live our lives. Like, if one misstep and we're going to get run over by a bus, we don't have time to be kind to this person. Like, I am late for an appointment, I've got to get somewhere, I'm on my way, I'm so mission-minded that I have no time to pay attention to the people's needs around me. So I want you to think about this, everybody. Write down the five things that would be your five greatest regrets on your deathbed. Because, like, I've stood at the last breath of a number of people now in the course of years of ministry. And I've had conversations with people that have talked to me about how their life is going to come to an end, knowing that it is just about to end. And I've heard them say, I regret not spending more time with my kids. I regret not spending more time with my family. I regret not devoting myself more to the friendships that really matter. Those are the conversations I hear. I never hear them say, I regret not buying a bigger house. I regret that I didn't have a nice car. I regret that I didn't work harder and really give myself to just wearing myself out before I die. And I said, I want you to write down the five greatest regrets that you believe you'll have on your deathbed, and I want you to devote the remaining days you have to spoiling those regrets. Make time for what's most important. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world define you. Love is your source. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform. Would you say that word? Transform. It's an interesting word. There's a real difference between change and transformation. And change usually tries to work on modifying something surface while transformation actually drills down to the core. Are you following me? Change typically just deals with surface behavior modification while transformation really reaches dip deeper into our lives. So, so what happens is like job frustrates us and so we suddenly change jobs because we got frustrated. That's change as opposed to transforming that position and understanding more of why I'm called where I'm called. Marriage frustrates us. We change spouses. As opposed to transforming the relationship, and he, listen, and becoming the person God wants you to become. I, I just have to tell you, my wife is a wonderfully amazing wife. I am so thankful and blessed. Can I get a witness from some husbands? I'm trying to get you some love right here. You say, amen, just nudge your, oh, baby. And so, I mean, I am so thankful. And, and over the course of time, any normal, healthy marriage is going to have its conversations. I cannot tell you the number of times that I have had a conversation with Tracy, 
and I've gone to my place of prayer with the Lord, and I would say something like this, God, fix her. I mean, it's like, not like you don't know what's going on. She ain't right. How many of you have ever had that conversation? Why don't you just be honest? Bunch of scared to death liars. You know better. <laughs> I just want you to know, any and every single time I've had that conversation, Lord, you need to fix her. God won't even talk to me about it. He won't even talk. You know what he does? He starts fixing me. As if I'm the one needing to be fixed here. See, you get frustrated over what you can't control, and then you neglect what you can control. And you want to just bring your frustration to God about what you can't control. And God wants you to not stop trying to turn your spouse into the perfect mate and learn how to be more the perfect mate. God wants you to be. I'm going to come to a landing with you because I've preached a little long today, and, and I want to make sure you have this because this is vitally important. So let me just give you your last two blanks here. Number one, rhythm is more powerful than encounter. So I want you to develop spiritual rhythm. Spiritual rhythm. Rhythm is more powerful than encounter, but encounter has the power to change your rhythm for the rest of your life. So this rhythm is really important. See, I believe God's wanting us to embrace a new rhythm as we enter into a new year to develop a new normal that will produce a new you. And so here's the rhythm, part of what I want you to get your revelation, and turn the page. Okay, I've got a few pictures I want to show you. Here's a Bible from a, a man that carried his Bible in World War II. And, and this particular Bible, as they looked at, the, I mean, I just think about it, as his grandchildren would look at that Bible, the treasure that they would hold in their hands. Some of you have seen me show this before, but imagine the treasure that the family would hold in their hands as they held their grandfather's Bible. And then here's another picture. And this was actually in England, and some friends of ours were looking at Smith Wigglesworth actual Bible. I don't know if you know who Smith Wigglesworth is, but that is astonishing. When I saw the picture, I was just like, I want to touch that Bible. Like, I don't even understand how Elisha could have had such an anointing that a dead person goes into the tomb, thrown into the tomb, touches his bones, and comes back to life. But, but just that alone makes me want to go touch that Bible. I mean, I, I look at the treasure, and I, I thought about a man's hands. You understand, Smith Wigglesworth literally prayed for people, and they came back to life that had been dead. He, I mean, crazy miracles happened, documented miracles at, at his hand. Phenomenal. And so I would like to just touch that Bible. Here's, here's the next uh, Bible that I have, and it is a, uh, it's a picture of, of my Bible. Look at that, new year, new normal, new you. That was last year. I didn't even realize that that was on there. So that's my Bible. My girls and you know, my children, one day my grandchildren are going to look at that. Next Bible. So that's my Bible on the right. It's real uh, manly and not really cool. And then that's my wife's Bible on the left, I believe. Is that yours, Tracy? And so that's her uh, you know, illustrative faith, and, and she's been getting everybody involved in illustrative faith, leading our art classes in our school, and that's what she's doing out here. Next slide. There's some of the classes that we've been doing with young people just to get them to interact with Scripture. And so listen, 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 listen. January 1, wouldn't it be a great time for you to go get an old-fashioned Bible? 
open it up to Genesis chapter 1. And right at the top of the page, 1, 1, 17. New rhythm. New year. New normal. New me. And every day, turn the page. Last week, Chris had his birthday, and then the next day, Jana had her birthday. And I realized when I turned the page, and there's Chris's birthday, and it was Jana's. And so I wrote on the top of my page, Chris had birthday, Chris had birthday, Jana. And then I stepped back and took a picture and sent it to them. And I said, you guys are Bible famous now. You're in my Bible. But, you know, my, like, just stuff. Like, I met Tracy this day. Faith took her first steps. You know, what? that stuff's all in my old... I mean, come on, guys. This becomes an heirloom and a treasure. Not only that, it's a rhythm of the Spirit. It's a rhythm of the Spirit that begins to awaken the deposits that God has put within you. How many of you want to become everything God's called you to become? I want you to become everything God's called you to become. Would you just stand? You are destined to repeat the history of your life until you reform the history of your mind. That's your last blank, and I want you to think about it. You're destined to repeat what you've been doing until you change what you've been thinking. You are destined to repeat the history of your life until you reform the history of your mind. How many of you have some segments and areas of history in your life that maybe even now are perpetuating that you want to serve notice on today? Can I just see? Hold your hand up high. We're going to serve notice on some history today. Some patterns begin to change. God's introducing us to some new rhythms as we enter into this new year so that we can cultivate a new normal that will produce a new you. This is why we gather. This is why we give our hearts to Christ. It's why we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's why we gather together as the church and become family. It's why we pray. It's why we read. It's why we worship. It's why we give. It's why we do all those things that God says are a part of worship in our lives. Are you where you need to be in your relationship with Christ? Listen very carefully. Are you, in your, are you where you need to be in your relationship with Christ? Are you where you need to be in your relationship with Jesus' bride, the church? Because we've got some awesome community group leaders that are now in these next 40 days. They're going to be focusing in in 40 days with everybody in the church that says, I want to be a part of the family. I've not been a part of the family the way I know I need to be. Then you need to get into a group for 40 days, walk through five weeks. We have discussion questions. We're going to walk that out. And then in the conclusion of that 40 days, we're going to have a welcome to the family meal. And we're going to help you find your place to be a contributing part of the family of God, expanding the work of God on the earth. And we're shameless about letting you know that. Because we're not interested in just getting people to attend church. We're interested in making disciples. I believe God's called us to make disciples. How many of you feel provoked today and challenged to go deeper in your faith, in your relationship with Christ? I hope you do. Come on, let's give Him praise. Let's give Him praise. Everything that we are. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why don't you make the sound of heaven? I hear the sound of heaven. We learn the sound of heaven. We make the sound of heaven. We are. We are. We are the sound of heaven.
How many of you here, you know you need to make a decision for Christ today? You're not where you need to be in your relationship with Christ. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Just hold them up there. Yes, sir. Just quickly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Any others? Just quickly. I just know I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Christ. You can put your hand down after you raise it. How many of you here today, you know you're not where you need to be in your relationship with the bride, with the body of Christ? We're not perfect. But we want to embrace you and we want to release you and we want to help you find your place of releasing God's gift to expand God's work in the earth. How many of you here say, I know I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with the church. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. This is what I want you to do. Pray this prayer. Let's get our hearts right with Christ. Fill out a merch card. You're going to go out the door and you're going to turn to the left and we're going to have community group leaders over there in that little corner. That's the Connect Center. And you'll see all the group leaders, all their pictures, except for the ones that are starting up. Almost all of them will be there. And then next week, we're going to show you a firsthand view of all our community groups. And I want to invite you. Let's take some steps forward. So let's pray. Come on, let's declare Jesus as Lord. Will you pray this with me on behalf of these that have lifted their hands? Say it out loud. Lord Jesus. You came, you lived, you died, but you're alive. You split history in two. You are who you say you are. You're the savior of the world. You are good. And I accept, I need you to be my savior. Lead me, guide me, direct me to be a part of the family of God, expressing the kingdom of God in the earth in Jesus name come on let's sing about his goodness this morning